0: Welcome to Soul Bodied. This is your host, Anna Kinkiela. This is a sacred space where we hold conversations on what it means to honor the fullness of our humanity and the expansiveness of our divinity. In this space, we embrace the complexities that are inherent in all of our experiences, welcoming in the messiness of all that we are as a pathway to knowing, embracing, and embodying the fullest expression of our soul in the human realm. We talk about leadership, embodiment, social change, psychology, Spirituality, conscious business, quantum creation, politics, nature, movement and the body, relationships, building communities of true connection, and anything else that guides us deeper into leading from a place of wholeness and belonging. Within ourselves and with each other. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Soul Bodied. This is your host, Anna Kinkela. And if you're joining us today, you are joining us on the last day of this podcast relaunch celebration. So I have been releasing podcast episodes every day for the past seven days to commemorate this new energy that is coming into the podcast. And if you've been tuning in, thank you. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, thank you for being here. There's so many episodes for you to binge on. And it being the last day of this celebration, I wanted to remind you that it is the last day to also enter the giveaway that I have going on. If you write a written review of the podcast on iTunes and email a snapshot of the review to me at Anna at AnnaKinkela.com and or if you share the podcast on your Instagram platform and tag me at the TheAnnaKinkela, you will be entered to win one of four amazing prizes. So the prizes are either $300 off of my retreat that's happening later in Bali this year, a 90-minute soul-bodied session with me, and then there's two amazing entrepreneurs who are also donating sessions. And one is a channeling and light code attunement session with Ashley Dufresne, who's the life purpose channel and an energetic assessment of your business with Caitlin and Marie, who's an Ayurvedic business coach. I'm so excited to see who wins these prizes. I will be announcing them tomorrow on Friday. So if you're entering today, you won't have to wait too long to find out if you are one of the lucky winners. I am really excited to record today's podcast episode. Today, we are going to be diving into how you can shift your long-term patterns This is such a core part of the work that I do with people in my group program and my individual mentorship. And it's really because, you know, however we are in the world is just a combination of different patterns that we have, right? And so if we want to shift something in our life, if we want to welcome something into our business, ultimately It's the work of looking at our patterns and which patterns are supporting and reflecting our truest self in the world, our aligned way of being in the world, and what patterns are keeping us back and creating obstacles for us to being embodied in our fullest expression. I love talking about this stuff And I also just love facilitating containers where deeper patterns can be shifted over time. And it's really because, you know, if we do the work of shifting our patterns, that's when we see the most transformation in our life. It goes deeper than the surface of just talking about our thoughts and our mindset. When we shift patterns, we are shifting something deep in our bodies in the way that we are being in the world. So that's one reason why I love it. You see the most transformation when you can shift your patterning. The other reason that I really love this work is that my first career was as a mental health therapist, and I was trained in a very evidence-based scientific grounding of therapy, meaning that I was only using therapy that had proof that it worked to shift people's way of being in the world. So I love geeking out on how we can use neuroscience and what we know about the brain and the body in order to create longer lasting change in how we are in the world. As a therapist, I became trained in like five different modalities. um, And there's so many different therapeutic modalities that you can use with folks and I'm someone who, in my personality, I'm just someone who loves to learn. I'm really curious. I love to learn about everything. And the drive for my curiosity was to really see what actually worked for people to create long-lasting change. And now, as a coach, I use certain components of what I know from different therapeutic modalities in order to help clients really solidify some of the shifts, some of the energetic shifts that they're experiencing in the work that we do together. And these are little tips and tricks that anyone can do and that I encourage everyone to do if you are really looking to shift some longer term patterns in your life. I'm also going to talk about what I think people often avoid doing and what can actually be super helpful if you're looking to reinforce a positive pattern. And so I'm also going to be you know, talking about the most common mistakes people make when doing this pattern shifting um, and how you can start to be more present to it and begin integrating some of these tools as you are doing your personal development work. So first, I want to clarify what a pattern really is, and I think that's important to talk about because in the personal development world, we talk about a lot of different components of patterns. So we talk about like mindset, right, behaviors, Um, we talk about emotions, and to me, a pattern is a combination of thoughts, emotions, and behaviors, right? They all function together. So we tend to have a certain um, emotional, behavioral thought pattern that repeats itself on a loop. Patterns always start out as unconscious and it's because they are so embedded in our way of being that we might not even necessarily know that we are in some kind of pattern loop until it's pointed out to us or unless you know we do the personal development work the internal work that helps us to hone in on this pattern of behavior this way of being, right, in the world. And usually a pattern gets illuminated when we feel some kind of negative consequence as it relates to that pattern. And that causes us to start to look at, you know, what's going on within us that results in this negative consequence in our life. So all patterns start out as unconscious, and the more that we can bring our patterns into the conscious realm, the more that we have the power to shift them and change them. Right? So awareness is always the first step of changing any kind of long-term pattern. So where do our patterns come from? Patterns come from our early experiences in the world. And we also inherit patterns from our ancestors. And I would also argue from our past lives, right, that there are certain things that energetically present themselves in our field, and maybe they're not even reflective of our early experiences in this life, but there's an energetic component, things that we keep from our ancestors in our past lives that tend to remain in our bodies and in our energetic systems that are still expressed out in the world in the present moment. And so the work that I do with people both recognizes some of these earlier stages of development and how that impacted the patterns that someone is presenting with in the present moment. And it also does the work of understanding, you know, does this come from your ancestral lineage? Does this come from a past life? And it's not so much about determining where it comes from, but just knowing that perhaps this particular pattern has an origin outside of what we can understand in the human realm, right? And so each pattern, I consider each pattern to have a certain energetic expression, and each pattern shows up in a certain part of the body, right? And, you know, you can think about it as like memories that are stored in the body, which um, represents a certain pattern, and it also has a certain frequency of being, this pattern, right? Right? A pattern is um, inherently automatic, um, which is why all patterns are unconscious, because we react automatically in a certain way in a situation. And it means that this loop, you can think of it as a loop that's happened over and over and over again. So if you just on a very basic level, if we think about the brain, our brain has been firing in this loop for decades, for years right and so there's certain wires that fire in the brain in response to something over and over again and so that pattern gets solidified in the brain that circuitry gets solidified in the brain so when we are shifting a way of being the work is really about creating new neural pathways in the brain that allow for this patterning to start to shift Right, And so if you just even think about that and picture that, you have this neural pathway currently that is firing in a certain way and replicating a certain pattern in your life. And if we want to switch your way of being in the world, in your life, in your business, we have to create a different neural pathway so that the pattern changes overall. Now, you can start to create new neural pathways in the brain through a lot of different methods and every person is going to have an opinion on what method works best there's so many people that talk about how you need to start with the thoughts and that if you change your thoughts you start to change your way of being in the world right there's there's so many perspectives out there and i'm not Going to go through all of them. I have my own way of approaching the work, so that's what I'm going to talk about here, Um, mainly because that's what I've personally seen work the best for people. And um, it has to do with involving the body in the work, involving the body in shifting our neural pathways. The reason that I really involve the body in the process is because I do recognize the energetics of the patterns that live inside of every cell of our body. And this has also been scientifically proven. Trauma lives in the body. Memories live in the body. There's so much energy that comes from all different places, including our ancestors and past lives that are embedded in our cells that are a part of us, right? The universe rests inside of us. All of that is like a map that's on our body. And if we simply approach the work from just one realm, the thought realm, then we are not fully integrating and allowing the knowledge to seep into our feeling state, into our deep knowing in the body. And so, you know, maybe all of you can can understand it from this example, Like, if you're having a day where you feel horrible about yourself and you're having all of these, like, lack of worthiness thoughts and, like, hating your body or hating yourself, and you share that with a friend, right, and the friend says, being supportive, you're beautiful, you know, you are so worthy, right? It's a beautiful thing for a friend to say, but ultimately you know, someone saying it and you knowing it intellectually doesn't mean that you actually feel that way about yourself. And the feeling state is really the, the one that's most important, because if we feel a certain way about ourselves, then we start to act in accordance with that feeling. And so we can know something, right? We can know something intellectually, but another thing is to actually experience the knowing of that in our bodies And really, this is the crux of what embodiment work is, right? It's about allowing something to fully land inside of your body as a knowing rather than you understanding something intellectually. And it's actually why a lot of people come to me because they've done a lot of mindset work. They've done a ton of personal development work, but they're finding that there's a dissonance between what they know and what they actually feel about themselves, which is where embodiment comes in, right? So if we come back to the patterns and shifting the neurological pathways in the brain, what I want to acknowledge is that pattern shifting is a gradual process. If you even visually just think about the process of creating a neural pathway in the brain, a new neural pathway in the brain, maybe the first time, you know, we have an embodiment session, we might create the outline of the pathway. And then the second time, we create a little crevice in the pathway. And the more that you reinforce this new behavior, this new way of being in the world, this new feeling, the deeper and deeper that crevice becomes, right? And the more and more your brain is going to start firing in that direction, But it is a gradual process for that reason. If your brain has been firing in a certain direction for a long time, then that pattern is pretty well embedded in your system and in your way of being in the world, right? And so what we're doing is we're actually redirecting the energy from that pathway into carving a new one. And that just takes time. And it doesn't have to take a lot of time. Um, I think it just depends... The depth of that particular pattern. And there's a lot of things to consider with that. But what it does mean is that when we look at change, it's not something that happens from one session to another or from one day to another. I say this because a lot of people get really frustrated that they're not changing fast enough. And um, a lot of what happens is that they're actually not Noticing all of the little small changes that have been occurring. Um, because as human beings, we tend to kind of look at our failures or perceived failures more than we pay attention to our successes. When I'm doing this kind of work with clients, what I tend to actually see is that, you know, it, when we start doing the work, there's a lot of little shifts that happen over a period of time. And then quote unquote, all of a sudden, which is not really all of a sudden, but it's because we've doing, been doing the work for however long. They wake up one morning and they start to see themselves and the world in a very different way. And there is this aha moment that happens where they finally notice this larger change that's taken place But what the brain doesn't often acknowledge is all the little things that happened before that big aha moment that culminated to make this big moment happen, right? So it was the culmination of small little energetic shifts that really added up to them being a different way in their life. An example of what that might look like is You know, if I have a client, let's say that comes to me because they have a fear of being seen, and because of that, they have a lot of anxiety speaking in front of people, they might come to a session with me one day and say, oh my gosh, you're never going to guess what happened. I had this big presentation at work, and I went through the whole presentation and did a great job, and at the end of it is when I realized that I wasn't even anxious or nervous about it. I just showed up. I was myself. I did a great job. And I didn't even realize I wasn't experiencing the same anxiety that I usually experience. And they'll come to that realization and feel so shocked by the fact that they showed up that way. But that is what the depth of the work is about, right? That when you're shifting patterns, it almost sneaks up on you. Right? You almost don't even know that you're changing until one day you do something that used to create a lot of anxiety, and all of a sudden you're showing up completely differently. Right, And it's because it's been the combination of these slight energetic shifts that have gotten you there. The beauty of this is that you don't have to think your way out of a pattern. It's more about you showing up for yourself in all of these little moments, doing the energetic work. That needs to be done, reinforcing different neural pathways. And you get to the point where you don't even have to think about it. You just show up that way. And that is true embodiment, right? So then the question becomes, how do I start to shift longer term patterns? How do I start to create these new neural pathways? The first rule of long-term pattern shifting is that you have to get at the root of them to really understand where they come from. And this is why I am such a proponent of embodiment work versus let's say just traditional mindset work. And the reason is is because oftentimes what I see coaches doing with like mindset work is that they're giving people maybe like mantras or statements um, in order to change their thought from A to B. And while I think that mantra work or repeating a phrase over and over again can be a helpful way of shifting a pattern as kind of a support, what that kind of work doesn't do is it doesn't help you identify the root of where this comes from. And ultimately, in order for you to truly feel differently about yourself, there has to be an energetic resolution that goes down to the root of where something comes from. The way that I prefer to do this kind of root work is that I like to ask the body where the belief comes from. And so all of my work is about, you know, starting with a thought or a way of thinking about oneself or one's possibilities. And then we ask the body to lead us to where this thought first originated or what experience created this thought, right? And from that place, then we can start to really shift the energy of it. A great analogy to use is, you know, if you think of a weed that you have in your garden, if you don't pull it out by the root, it's just going to grow back, right? So it's the same with our thoughts. If we don't get at the root of something, it's going to keep popping up in the same energy over and over again. And what I mean when I say energetic resolution is that you start to understand a different perspective of the story that you've been telling yourself. So for instance, you know, let's say that a thought brings you back to an experience that you had as a child where your father was criticizing you for the grades that you got in school. And the interpretation of that little kid was I'm not enough. I'm not doing enough right? I'm not smart enough. The different perspective that one can access if you were to look at that situation is I was doing the best that I could and one grade doesn't determine my worth or intelligence, right? So that's a really simple example. So when I, when I talk about energetic shift, you know energetic resolution it is restoring it but the crucial part of this restoring process is that you actually feel that perspective as a possible truth and this is the trick this is where mindset and embodiment differ is that we can tell ourselves a different story a different perspective but not feel it as a possible truth in our bodies And so whenever I'm doing this work with clients, the perspective first is coming from them and their highest self. It's not coming from me. And I find that to be one of the most important pieces of this because you have to experience and understand the shift in perspective and feel the shift in perspective in your body in order for something to start to actually be truth in your experience. So this is actually where the energetic resolution takes place. There's a very real shift in your body from a place of contraction into a place of expansion. And once your body expands in this experience that really shaped whatever pattern is being created in your life, then we get to sit in the experience of the expansion and allow that to fully land in your body. Right, and that's the power of this deeper kind of work. Now, the other part of rewiring work, repatterning work, is that it's important to pave a pathway forward for your future self. So, one of the things that happens when you're in a certain pattern loop is you're essentially repeating the past over and over again, right? Because this pattern goes back to something in your past or something in your ancestor's past or a past life. So it's a past energetic signature that is showing up in the present moment, right? And in order to shift the energetic signature, we actually have to teach the body that there's a different energetic signature that is possible. So step one is we are cleaning out that energetic signature, we're cleaning it out from your system. And then step two is we are teaching the body and imprinting the body a different possibility and a different way of being. And that comes from really beginning to visualize what this future patterning, this different behavior, this different way of being in the world is going to look like. If you're familiar with the work of Joe Dispenza for instance, he does a lot of work in, you know, quantum meditation. And one of the things that he talks about and what we know from scientific research is that if you can visualize something in your mind, your body will experience it as if it was reality right? So if you can really sink into the five senses and imagine yourself in this future place or receiving something that you really want, your body will experience it as if it's already happened, right? And that is really the work that we want to open you into in this other piece of repatterning work is that you are writing down how you want this future to look like, what you want this other pattern to look like and allowing yourself to visualize it and feel it. Keyword being feel, feel it in your body. What does it feel like for me to live in this place? What does it feel like for me to receive all of these things and really sink into it? And so I typically do this with clients through quantum meditation. And I have them visualize their future and I take them deep into the unconscious space in order to do that kind of work, because that is a huge part of reprogramming, right? If we can get the ego out of the way where the ego is like chattering at you and saying, oh, this will never actually happen, or this is not possible for you. If you can get your mind to a place where it's really embedded in the experience your body is going to start to get reprogrammed in this new energetic signature of what you're walking towards. And that just happens through practice, right? That um, we are able to sink into these deeper states and start to experience this at this deeper unconscious level. So both of these repatterning pieces all involve you sitting in the expanse of emotion, of what it means to have energetic resolution surrounding your roots and what it means for you to walk into this future version of yourself where your way of being has shifted in some way. What I want to stress is that the little changes, the little energetic shifts that happen for folks does happen within, let's say, sessions with a practitioner like me or, you know, within the visualizations that you do, but it's also really important for you to recognize how they happen in your everyday life. So let's say you, you know, had this energetic resolution around this pattern, you got to the root of it, you experienced this shift in the session with me or with someone else, and you are walking out in the world And perhaps there is a moment where you receive some feedback from your boss that says you did a horrible job on this presentation and that you need to do something over again. And instead of automatically shifting into the I'm not enough, I'm not smart enough story, you actually have a moment where you pause and You start to recognize that you could easily go into that story, but instead you choose to say, okay, I can receive this feedback and I can know that this doesn't mean that I am not enough as a person or that I'm not worthy or that I'm not smart, but that my boss is giving me feedback, right? And I can choose to see this as an opportunity to grow instead, right? And if you're able to actually catch yourself in that space and bring that deeper level of awareness, then that is a good place to sit in, right? To sit in the expansive emotions of what it means to see it as an opportunity for growth versus as it meaning something about who you are as a whole, And that is the moment that I always encourage all of my clients to stretch into. And we often skip over this really crucial step. We don't recognize the progress, the small shifts that we've made in our everyday life. The more expansive emotions you can experience in your everyday and notice when you're experiencing them, the more that they're going to replicate themselves in your everyday. So a part of repatterning is you are pausing to recognize the small shifts and changes that are happening and then allowing yourself to sit in the expansiveness of it. And then the other part of repatterning is intentionally weaving in experiences that evoke this kind of sensation, this kind of expansive emotion that you want to feel more of in your life. So you know, thinking of small and big things that you can do to start experiencing this emotional state in your life more. A really simple example can be, you know, say that you want to experience more abundance in your life. Then I might write down what does abundance mean to you, right? And it can mean money, but also abundance is a lot more than money, right? And so writing down, The full gamut of what abundance means to you, what that looks like, what it smells like, what it, what the experience is like. And then looking at all these different ways that you can start to experience abundance in your everyday, regardless of the money that you have in your bank account, regardless of whether you have received the love of your life, right? How do you experience these feelings of abundance in the present moment? And then allow yourself to experience them and allow them to land in your body. This is another way that we are creating that future self pattern. And another way that we are starting to build another neurological network in your brain. A recommendation that I have for everyone who is doing this work, honestly, is to slow down. Slow it down. And... I say this because I see a lot of people rushing through their expansive experiences or not actually allowing themselves to fully sink into their expansive experiences. And this shortcuts the repatterning process because your system doesn't have time to process it to allow it to land. And we tend to be a culture that's a very rush culture. Like we rush through things, we don't like to sit in silence. We don't like to sit in the moment. We're always on to the next thing. It's very go go go. And I just want to invite you to slow it down. To really think about your day, to think about, you know, what has happened, how you approach things differently, to really Allow yourself to bring that deeper level of awareness of how you are being in the world and then to remind your body of how that feels. And when you're sitting in an expansive emotion, allow yourself to sit there at least for like two minutes, allow yourself to fully recognize how that experience lands within you and in your energetic feel picture, the experience sinking in, soaking in all the way down to your cells and really feel it. So slow it down. Don't rush through it and be intentional about the ways that you are repatterning this future self into your present day. One way that I think mantras can be helpful is if you put them up on your mirror or just put them up as reminders for you. Um, It's so easy for us to get into pattern loops and what can kind of jolt us back or remind us or redirect us is, is a mantra or a phrase that just helps to ground us into a feeling experience. So, for instance, if a client of mine, you know, had a certain mantra that came up within our session Then I might suggest that they write that down on a piece of paper and put it on their mirror somewhere where they can see it to just remind their body of the experience so that it triggers the experience again. Yeah. Um, And to me, the only way that this is really useful is if your body remembers the experience, if we let it land in your body and if that mantra comes from you versus something that you think you need to think. Yeah. Cause sometimes our ego and our brain creates the story of what it wants to think, but our truth is actually something very different, which is why I like to invite people's highest self to really make the perspective change so that it comes from within you versus from an ego part or from outside of you. And so if you see a reminder, of this phrase somewhere in your journal or on your mirror, then your body will remember that and it'll evoke the same emotional state. And that can be something that can be really helpful in reinforcing a different kind of pattern. You can do the same thing with visual cues or really changing your environment. So for instance, if we're going back to that word, abundant, if you wanna feel more abundant, What are things that in your environment make you feel abundant? Um, So that can be flowers. Maybe it's a silk robe, right? It could be some kind of painting that reminds you of abundance. But how can you make your environment, your space really reflect what you desire to have, what you desire to shift the pattern, the feeling state that you desire to shift? And that is a huge way that we can actually support our nervous system and our body to feel that feeling all the time. And, you know, you can do this on so many different levels. You don't need to change the entire interior design of your home. It can just be adding few items that you see all the time or that you notice, which can bring in the frequency of that feeling state into your everyday. And so that can be another beautiful way of supporting the body to feel those expansive emotions. What I would like to stress about repatterning work is that while our aim is to help rewire you into this more expansive emotional state, it does not mean we are avoiding all of the contracted emotional states. Because in fact, the contracted emotional states are what allow you to get to the expansive emotional states. It's through the journey that you understand what your truth is. And that's really important to mention because I often see personal development work focusing on the positive and just wiring you into the positive without doing the deeper work of energetically clearing the contracted states. For whatever reason, this analogy is coming into my mind. If your bathroom sink is clogged, there's only so many times that you can pour Drano down the pipe before that stops working at least that's what's happened in my experience that i can pour drano down the drain to you know clear some gunk out or to get the water flowing again but eventually things are going to continue adding up and i'm actually going to have to use a tool to fully clean out the pipe really well the same goes for repatterning work that you know you can sit in expansive emotions and and you might see some forward movement. You might start to see a lot of shifts happening. But ultimately, if you want to shift your way of being, you're going to have to do this deeper level root work. And it's really because you know that energy of that past self is still going to be in your body. It's still going to be resting in your body. And that needs to be resolved in order for this other pattern to fully land into the new imprint of your energy. I even sometimes talk about this as the new energy doesn't have much place to land if we don't do an energetic clearing of it. And I think one of the beautiful byproducts of being able to do this work, being able to be in the contraction, is that you A, recognize your own resiliency, B, you witness that all of the answers really are inside of you, and you start to be able to look more and more within yourself instead of seeking the answers outside of yourself. And you fall more deeply in love with who you really are because when you witness these parts of yourself and you allow yourself to be in these shadow spaces you begin to love yourself even more deeply than you did before. And so the byproducts of the work are just as wonderful as doing the repatterning work and shifting your patterns. There's so much beauty to be found there that you can only receive through having this kind of experience within yourself. I hope that you found this podcast episode helpful, that it gave you some things that you can implement right away in your life in order to start shifting patterns that you're already aware of. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope that this podcast was of service to you and I will see you next time.